Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they're investing and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from sunny California. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about a question that many investors are asking or at least concerned about, to evict or not to evict. Boy, this is a difficult question. So, you know, there's no real, I would say, right or wrong answer. And I'm going to explain why, but I think there's a way to address it. And that's, you know, what we do. And I can share what we do with our properties. So, you know, on one hand, we do have a ban on eviction. So eviction moratorium is a real thing. And basically, we have different states that basically just don't allow landlords to evict their non-paying tenants. And that could be the case in many states, but specifically in California where I am, but I'm not investing here. I'm investing in Texas, Florida, and Georgia. And so when you're investing, it doesn't matter if it's a single family home or a multifamily, you first and foremost need to understand if this is any restriction on eviction from the state or the city, because that might just uh, solve your problem, whether to evict or not, because somebody else just made the decision for you. And in addition, sometimes the lenders are actually put in a ban on eviction. So for instance, we have been lending money from Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, and these are government backed loans that are extremely favorable to lenders with very, very low interest rates. But now they've basically, you know, put a ban on eviction. So we cannot evict until, you know, the end of July, I believe it's July 25th. So only on July 25th, basically their borrowers can send a 30 day notice to the tenants that are not paying which means that only by the end of August, you can actually start evicting. So in some cases, either it's regulation or your lender that basically are going to limit your ability to evict. That's one thing you need to make sure you understand. So, you know, read the regulations, read the news and go over your loan document to see if there's any ban on eviction. Besides that, I would say that in some cases, I don't know if it's really, you know, humane to evict those who were, for the most part, good tenants. And now they're in a little bit of a sticky situation where they might have lost their job. Maybe their hours were cut and now they're making half of what they used to make before COVID. And some of them, you know, might get sick and couldn't work or lost their jobs because they were sick. You know, is it humane to evict people and, you know, have them lose the roof above their heads because they didn't pay rent? So it's something definitely to think about. And the answer is not really easy. I can tell you that at Blue Lake, we've decided to send 
a Walmart gift card to every tenant that lost their jobs that can show us that they lost their jobs or to have their hours cut back just to help them get by because we wanted to remain, you know, human in that process. And we were okay with having some expenses increase just for that portion because we really wanted to help our tenants. So this is another thing you might want to look into and consider whether you as a landlord feel good when it comes to evicting your tenant. Now, the third point that I want to discuss about why on one hand you you cannot or don't want to evict your tenants is because once you do, then your occupancy decreases. But if you keep those tenants around, maybe they will pay you later. So especially if they were good tenants, They might not be able to pay you this month, but they can pay you next month, or they might not be able to pay you by the first or the third of the month. They might be able to pay you by the 15th or the 20th. You can still collect the rent, but it might just take a little bit more time. And that's, in my opinion, in today's environment, a better situation than evicting someone and have the unit stand there, you know, without any new renters. So that's just something to think about. On the other hand, I have to say, you know, it's a business and you need to at least be able to pay your bills, pay your mortgage. You don't want to default on your loan. You don't want to be in a situation where you're actually losing your property because you decided not to evict people out of the kindness of your heart. It's still business. You still need to pay those expenses. And that's something that a lot of landlords are actually considering and thinking about. You can be the nicest guy and, you know, the most considerate and human landlord. But by the end of the day, if you're not going to collect your rents, then the bank is going to take the property from you. So you got to understand that this is a pretty, you know, real danger when it comes to not collecting and not evicting. And I would say that in addition to that, you don't want to set a dangerous precedent. So tenants talk, especially if they live in the same community. And if you're going to waive rents or if they know that they don't have to pay rent and still remain in the property, tenants speak, tenants talk, and the word gets out. And then from one unpaid tenant, that turns into three and five and 15 doors that are not producing any income because they know that you're not going to evict, you know, non-paying tenant. So this is another thing to consider. I mean, I have to say that that was not an easy decision whether to evict or not. And, you know, some markets are better than others. I think New York, what we see is a lot more tenants that are refusing to pay rent, even if they can, even if they haven't lost their jobs. You know, in California, for instance, the governor basically said tenants just don't pay rent, which is ridiculous. If somebody is making it okay not to pay rent, then somebody also needs to waive my mortgage payments and my utility expenses, right? Because if I'm not getting any income, the chain can't stop with landlords. It has to continue. And then if utilities companies are not going to get paid by the properties, and if the municipalities are not going to get the property tax, and lenders are not going to get the loan payments, and somebody needs to basically pay for all that, because otherwise, that's how economies collapse. So that's why it's important to understand which markets are markets that don't really encourage tenants not to pay, like in New York City or like in California. 
what we've done in our properties, we basically implemented a case-by-case treatment. And so we're looking at who is this tenant and, you know, how did the tenant behave prior to COVID? So if we had a good tenant and, you know, this tenant paid every time or, you know, since they got here, we didn't have any problems with that tenant. then we know that if they stop paying now or if they can't pay then 100% of the rent, it means that they are really struggling. They don't want to stop paying. And so with those tenants, we basically create a payment plan where we say, okay, why don't you pay X amount? Or, you know, the, we're going to take the amount you owe us and we're just going to add it, let's say 25% of the rent that you owe. We're going to add it to the next month. So you're going to pay a little bit extra. So this month you're going to get a break. And so the payment plan is something that can really help tenants breathe a little bit. But, you know, we only use that with tenants that we believe are actually going to pay. Because if there's a tenant that hasn't been paying for months, even before COVID, and it's just that type of a tenant that doesn't want to pay or has been struggling beforehand, listen, it's, it's hard. I, sometimes I see tenants and my heart goes out to them. But if tenants haven't been showing real track record of paying on time before COVID, then most likely they're not going to start pay now during COVID. And so when it comes to those tenants, they're also most likely to skip, which is something that before I got into real estate and started buying buildings, I didn't even know that that was a possibility. It never occurred to me not in a million years to just pack up my stuff in the middle of the night and escape after not paying for three months. And trust me, I've been in tough situations where I couldn't pay rent. I just couldn't. I borrowed from family, from friends, from whoever I could. I took loans from the bank. I did whatever I could to pay my, my rents. I actually never thought it's an actual possibility. And when I started buying real estate, I was introduced to this uh, lovely phenomenon where basically people are just skipping in the middle of the night after not paying for a few months. They do not intend to pay. They pack their stuff. In some cases, also the oven and our fridge and some other things that do not belong to them and they just disappear. So we are experienced enough to know which tenants are more likely to skip. They might have said something that can lead to that. They might have hinted to the property manager that they might do that, or we can, you know, read between the lines or basically look at their behavior prior to COVID and kind of infer that they're going to skip. But for those tenants, it doesn't really make sense for us to start a payment plan and keep them at the property for three more months, for six more months, because the debt, it's just going to grow. Now I have to say, when it comes to skips, it's not always a bad thing because if someone doesn't pay you, and you cannot evict them, then it's better if they skip because otherwise they're occupying a unit that can make you money if you bring another tenant that is a decent tenant. And so some people who have skipped in the past, we just brought a paying tenant and that was fine. And it's better than having someone that you cannot evict that is going to stay there for six months and not pay you at all. It's better if at month two or three, they're going to skip and then you can bring someone else that pays you. So we're less inclined to work with people who are showing signs of skipping or, you know, those who just have not a really good track record with making payments on time. 
because they're more likely to just stay longer and not pay. And these are the tenants that we are considering to evict. Obviously, you know, some of them, they still have their job. They didn't get COVID or anything like that. And they're struggling for some reason or there's something, another reason where they just choose not to pay the rent. And so in those cases, we're more inclined to actually evict. And listen, this is a hard topic. It's challenging for me to even talk about it because I feel I'm, I, was, I was one of those tenants years ago. I was struggling. I wanted to make money. I, I didn't have you know, money to even pay for groceries. And that was the truth. And it was difficult for me. And I can tell you that, you know, even if someone is struggling this way, they have a choice. They can come to the property manager and say, we're struggling. You know, maybe I can put even $250 or $300, you know, on a $900 rent. That's what I have. And that's all that I have. I'm sorry. I don't have anything else. I'll be more willing to work with someone like this than with someone who is kind of hinting that they're going to disappear or not answering our property manager's phone calls, not answering the doors when someone is knocking on the door. Of course, again, it could be that they're in a very tough situation. They're sick. They lost their job. Then we are going to try and work with them. But in many cases, people just ghost, ghost on us. Even when they're at the property, they just stop communicating and that's not okay doesn't matter how hard a situation is. I do expect as a landlord that you would open the door and tell us, just tell us what's going on. And so that's why I think it really depends when it comes to answering the tough question to evict or not to evict. Just look at your relationship with that tenant. If he's responsive, if he was or she was a paying tenant prior to COVID, then I'm more willing to keep them at the property and work on a payment plan. If it's someone with a bad track record, then most likely they're not going to pay even with a payment plan. And by the end of the day, I have responsibility to my investors. I have some projections when it comes to returns, some cash on cash returns that I need to deliver every month. And more than that, you know, I need to pay utilities. I need to pay to the employees at the property and I need to pay my lender. So they're not going to come and take the property away from me you know, definitely tough decisions to make. Sometimes we make them with very heavy heart, but we're trying to find, you know, the balance between running a business, a profitable business and staying, you know, human in this whole process. And again, I know it's something that a lot of sponsors are dealing with and nobody's really talking about it because it's not a topic that basically sponsors and investors want to share and talk about. It's not a very comfortable topic to talk about. But I just wanted to share with you my thoughts about the eviction issue and what we've been you know, doing at our properties. And so far, I think if you treat your tenants right, they're more likely to make sure that if they do have money, you know, they will put the rent as a top priority for payment and not priority number two, three, or five. And just having the right team, it's so crucial to have the right team in place that is able to connect with tenants, that is able to be perceived positively. Because if a tenant feels positively about your on-site property manager, they're more likely to cooperate and pay their rent. This is everything for today. I hope that that was helpful for some of you guys and interesting for passive investors who are listening to me. 
right now and kind of wondering how things are happening behind the scenes. So that's basically what's happening. That's one of the most challenging decisions that we had to make as asset managers. And that's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, and keep moving forward. And I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.